Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic and the Moon podcast. As always, I'm your host, David, and this week we are talking about covens. Uh, I'm going to kind of explain what covens are. I'm going to give some suggestions on finding covens, uh, how to go about researching them, how to kind of vet people to see if it's a good fit for you. I'll explain um, a little bit of the training process for examples of what the training process could be like and how covens work. And I'll also be giving some examples of some warning signs and red flags to look out for when seeking a potential group uh, that you might want to work with. I also want to give um, a quick disclaimer that not all witches choose to work in covens and not all forms and traditions of witchcraft are coven based. And that's totally fine. If you choose to work alone and group things are your preference, or maybe there's just not a group nearby for you to participate in, you are still totally a witch. That does not invalidate or lessen your spiritual path or your practice by any means. But for those of you that are interested in working in covens and you want to know how to go about seeking out a coven and joining a group, then this episode is for you. So first, let's just for the sake of clarity, let's define what a coven is. So a coven basically just means a gathering of witches, a group of witches. Um, Several forms of traditional witchcrafts, um, particularly the Gardnerian and Alexandrian traditions of Wicca, are definitely coven-based, um, as is the Dianic tradition and other things as well. Um, the Minoan Brotherhood and the Bro- Minoan uh, Sisterhood, they have groups very similar to covens, but I believe they use the term groves to describe their groups rather than covens. But um, the grouping and the structure, I believe, is very similar, but I'm not a member of those traditions. I don't claim to speak for them but it's from what i gather just generally i think that that's the case so in wicca and other forms of pagan witchcraft um a coven refers to the gathering of witches the community of witches and the word covenstead is the physical location where the witches meet and the reason that i make that distinction is just because i've seen online Um, particularly on social media like Instagram and Reddit, people tend to use those words coven and covenstead kind of interchangeably, but they don't mean the same thing. Um, And that's fine if you didn't know that, (laughs) but I I didn't know that actually for a while, but they do have different meanings. So a coven is the actual group of witches themselves and the covenstead is the location that the coven meets at, just in case maybe you didn't know that. Um, so the number of people involved in the coven might vary, um, although some people tend to say that 13 is the ideal number, which is referring to um, the high priestess and then 12 other witches. That's a reference to um, the goddess being one and then the 12 astrological signs equaling 13 um, symbolism, etc. but not everyone ascribes to that. Um, also, there... Covens are very uh, autonomous for the most part, even like within a tradition, you could have say three different coverings um, in the Gardnerian tradition and they will not operate the same way as each other. Um, Wicca in particular does not have a governing authority like say um, the Vatican is to the Catholic church. So there's not like one, set of rules that applies to everyone all the time because as long as your initiation is valid the coven it really is going to operate according to the preference of the high priestess so 
they don't necessarily have to do everything the same way and they usually don't. So a lot of covens, particularly in Wicca, are led by a high priestess and a high priest, but there are some situations where you could have just a high priest, just a high priestess, and then perhaps both, sometimes two or more. Um, it, it really does vary a lot. There's not one correct way, like with most other things. So let's talk about how to find a coven, because that's a question I get asked a lot. I know like when I was kind of starting out on my path with Wicca, I had a really hard time finding a group, and it took me a long time. So the first piece of advice I would give you if you're seeking a coven is be patient, um, because it could take a, a while, to be honest. Um, I'll give some practical tips in a moment on how you can figure out where covens are. But I also want to say, do not be surprised if you have to travel a bit. Um, it's not unusual for people to drive several hours across state lines, fly, etc., for coven meetings. Um, and it, it's not an unreasonable expectation that you might have to travel. Obviously, right now with the COVID situation, it's a little bit more challenging and a lot of people are holding meetings um, virtually or online and um, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a change up, but under normal circumstances, it is not at all uncommon um, to have to travel because some of us, you know, are fortunate enough to have groups that meet close by where we live, but, you know, many people are not and you can talk to any elders in the craft and they'll probably tell you that either they themselves or someone that they know have had to travel very, very far sometimes to find a group that they can meet with. So let's talk about how to find a coven. So one example is there's a really cool website that I will tell you about. And if any of you have been around long enough to remember, um, the Witches Vox. It was a website that basically was like a listing um, directory kind of of all of the witchcraft groups. You could search by location. Um, for example, in the United States, you would click, you know, the state that you live in, or maybe a state that's close to you, and they would have the listings of all of the groups there. Um, and the reason I'm saying groups, not covens, is because this is not just a Wiccan thing. It was a witchcraft thing. So many different churches, many different magical paths were included in this. The Witches Vox, however, kind of got out of date, and I don't believe that website is operating anymore, but there's still a really cool website. It's called Mandragora Magica, and I will link that in the description of the episode because I'm not going to remember how to spell it, and it's a little crazy. But it's really cool. It's a Wiccan and a pagan network um, for traditional initiatory Wicca, as well as other forms of witchcraft, paganism, witchy stores, blogs, YouTube channels, and more. So it's a great way to find groups in, um, in your area or close to you or the nearest one to you. It's also a great way just to find resources in general for the craft. Um, it's really, really awesome. So this is actually how I found um, the group that I'm with currently. And many groups, if they're a study group or a grove or a coven, whatever, what have you, they will have you go through a process that is sometimes called an outer court. Um, and the reason Outer Court started is because when traditional Wicca first was brought to the United States, they had more people interested in training than could be trained reasonably. Because normally you train with um, either a high priest or high priestess, perhaps both, or just another initiate that's 
higher ranked than yourself and you would go through a process of training and then eventually if you did well and if you felt like you were a good match with the group and the group liked you as well then you would initiate but the demand for training exceeded the number of people that could provide that training so outer court groups were kind of started to give a space where you could learn and kind of feel out the group and see if you guys get along well and that would kind of vet people somewhat before you had to do like intense individual training with you know one person or someone in the priesthood and obviously other non-wiccan traditions have similar processes as well so if i'm using the incorrect terminology i apologize i just know that in wicca um it's referred to as an outer court which is uh denoting the difference between the outer court meaning before initiation and then like the inner circle when you have initiated post initiation if you will so what i would recommend um particularly if you're interested in british traditional witchcrafts um so coven based initiatory wicca on the facebook pages for both the gardnerian and alexandrian traditions they have facebook pages called uh gardnerian seekers and initiates for the gardnerian tradition of course and then the alexandrian tradition has a page called um alexandrian seekers and initiates believe it or not <laughs> anyway they have listings on their facebook groups that has all of the covens um listed and all of the coven leaders listed because you do want to avoid people that are claiming to be something that they're not and i will talk more about that in a moment but to know that someone's legit they should be able to have what's called a vouch um and what vouching means is basically just that other people in that tradition can confirm that they are valid in that tradition and that way you can avoid random people that are trying to claim something that um is just not true of them and a lot of the time you don't even have to ask for a vouch directly because you can just go on these facebook groups and you can find the listings and just see that they're listed on there and if they're not listed on there probably a red flag it could be just kind of some of a like a mistake and maybe just they weren't listed when they should have been but in my personal experience those groups are very very heavily moderated and very very up to date on their information so i'd say the chances of that is pretty unlikely so i would say for the most part it's probably a safe assumption that if that coven or that coven leader is not listed on these groups they're probably not legit um also, if you are interested in joining those Facebook groups, um, I think it's open to anyone. If I'm not mistaken, you don't have to like be an initiate of the tradition to join, thus the title Seekers and Initiates, but you may have to kind of answer a few like pre-screening questions um, and get approved before you can join. But after that, I think you're totally good. So, and obviously they're not sharing uh, oath-bound material in those groups, of course. So that's one way to find one. You can just go and find one locally. And then also on the Mandragoria Magica website, you can find groups located near you. Um, if you go to their website on the homepage, there's a tab that says find a group and they have listings. It says the US, the UK, Canada, and then other countries. And then I'll use the UK just as an example for this. So you click on it and then it lists them like by area. And it's like Berkshire, Bristol, Buckinghamshire, etc. And then you can find... Um, name the location of where they are it'll list the tradition that they have um and then it'll give a contact information for the leaders of the group or whoever's in charge of new people for the group and then you can see if they're accepting uh new students at this time and then that way you can kind of start a correspondence of information to kind of talk to them get to know them and then see if that group is a good fit for you um and i do want to say 
people that have been turned down by a coven or a group, that does not mean you're a bad person. That doesn't mean that you're a bad witch or that you're not good enough. Sometimes it just means you're not a right fit because when you join a coven or you join a group, it's, it's a very intense connection and you're going to be spending a lot of time with these people. You're going to get to know them very well. They're going to become a very significant part of your life. And because it is spiritually significant, it's an attachment. So just because a group doesn't mesh well with someone doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means maybe, you know, you weren't a right fit for them. Or it might just be that the, the group isn't a right fit for you too, you know, because sometimes that's just how that goes. And you might have to try, you know, a couple times with different groups before you find one that fits well. For everyone involved so it can be discouraging and i get that but don't let that stop you from finding a group if that's something that you want so let's talk about red flags um and covens so there are some pretty obvious things to look out for and some of it's just common sense safety stuff that applies to any situation not just covens but like you should never go to someone's house to meet them for the first time. And I would tell you that if you were seeking a coven, I would tell you that if you were meeting an online date or meeting anybody for the first time in any situation, that's just not safe. And if that person has good intentions, they really shouldn't be putting you in that situation to ask you to just show up at their house out of nowhere. Meet in a park, meet at a coffee shop, meet in a public place that's safe. Um, And you should know a little bit about that person before you meet them. So I'm not saying they should like spill all this, the witchcraft secrets. I'm not saying they should show up with, you know, the book of shadows in hand or anything, but you should know some general stuff. You should probably know like at least their first name and maybe a little bit about them as far as like, maybe like what's their job? Are they in school? Just like general stuff you could talk about with anybody like small talk stuff. Um, and because the nature of witchcraft does involve some secrecy, it's okay that they're not being super forthcoming about the specifics of like their tradition of witchcraft or the way they practice magic, because that stuff isn't meant to be shared with just anybody, but they should be able to tell you some stuff. Like they should be able to say, Hey, you know, I'm a high priest or a high priestess in the Gardnerian tradition, or Hey, I'm a, a first degree in the Alexandrian tradition, whatever. Like they should be able to say that, um, that should be fine. So if someone ever doesn't want to tell you their name or what their group is, or like kind of generally what their group is about, that's a red flag. And also, if they try and tell you that you can't tell anybody you're meeting them, or you can't say where you're meeting them at, that's suspicious, and don't go. Because you should be able to tell your family, your friend, your partner, that you're going to meet someone, and where. Um, that's, that's just common safety stuff. So moving on from that, let's get into... Um, some more specific things that's not just like common safety and like general uh, common sense. So I'm going to be reading an excerpt from a Pathios article written by uh, Hera Michelle, who is talking about how to cult proof your coven red flags and how to avoid them. And I will leave the link to this article and the episode's description as well. So let's start with the Oxford dictionary definition of a cult. So a cult is a system veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded as strange or sinister and a misplaced or excessive admiration for one particular person or thing and obviously when it's referring to 
beliefs and practices might be considered strange that doesn't just mean that oh they're witches and christians don't like them so it's strange strange meaning like, you know what you know what that means like we all know what it means but it's like that's a cult um so here's some common attributes of cults and how to avoid them so if someone is narcissistic if like the group and the stuff the group does is centered around one person and they're worshipped like almost like a god kind of that's bad um, if they're trying to control aspects of your life, that's bad. Obviously, there might be some rules and regulations as far as how you participate in the group, and that's fine, and that's to be expected. But if they try and tell you that you can't be friends with people outside of the group, or that you can't participate unless you bring people, like new people to the group, or if they try and talk about how who you can be in relationships with, who you can be friends with, what you should wear, what you should eat, that's a red flag. They shouldn't be controlling like that. Um if they claim to have special powers that no one else has, red flag. Um, disclaimer, I understand that we're witches. <laughs> so there, there is, like it's magic and we're practicing magic. So obviously there's going to be some things that are common that witches do, so like psychic ability, um, you know, clairvoyant, clairaudient abilities, um, divination, like tarot, scrying, rune. That's, that's totally fine. That's normal. That's commonplace and to be expected within most traditions of witchcraft so i'm not saying that but if they um are trying to say that they're like raising the dead or doing like claiming to have these miraculous biblical sounding like miraculous powers that's that's not good um if they try to isolate you from your loved ones that's of course bad if they try and peer pressure you to do things that you are unable or unwilling to do not cool um, which brings me to my next point, and that's no nothing sexual should ever be required of you to join a group. So if someone tries to say that you have to like perform some sort of sex act, have sex with a leader, anything like that to like join the group or to elevate your status in the group, that's not legit. And I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but like in the Gardnerian tradition, that's a huge no-no and you can report them either if they are Gardnerian or if they're claiming to be Gardnerian, you can report them. You can go to the Gardnerian Seekers and Initiates Facebook page and you can report that person or that group to the admins there and they will handle that because that is not ever something that's part of the tradition. Um, if they try and tell you to drink or do drugs or take some sort of substance, that's also a red flag. Um, I will say it's not uncommon for coven meetings to have wine um, and some food and stuff but like if you don't want to drink it it shouldn't be a big deal so like if someone just offers you a glass of wine like that's normal that's to be expected but if someone's like pressuring you to drink or pressuring you to like to get drunk or to get high absolutely not not okay um so that's some that's not great another red flag that's kind of specific to coven work is they should not offer you initiation immediately if you are talking to a group, they're going to want to get to know you and you should get to know them as well, um, at least on a level that's more than just like acquaintances or casual before that happens. And many, many covens train you for a year, sometimes longer before they offer you initiation. And you might train and they may not offer you initiation. They might decide that, you know, you're not a great fit for the group or maybe you'll decide before that too maybe you'll go through the training process and realize that that's not a group that you want to be a part of that's fine that's what the outer court process is for it's to see 
if you're comfortable with the group and you get along with the members, it's an opportunity for the group as well to see if you're a good fit for them. So it's not unusual or bad at all for one or both parties to decide that the situation just isn't for them and to part peacefully. But if someone is offering you initiate, like if you meet someone, if you reach out to a group and you get in touch with them and you're like, hey, I'm so-and-so, I want to get to know you, see about your group, and they offer to initiate you on the spot or even like within a few days or a few weeks, that's not good. Um, and like I said earlier, covens are autonomous for the most part. So not everyone adheres to the one year and one day rule, but most do. So if they go like a few months and it's shy of a year, like that's not common but it's not bad necessarily but if they're offering you initiation like very 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 soon that that's not good you should be training and learning with them you should be getting to know these people they should be getting to know you because by the time you are looking at initiation you should like have built up a relationship with these people they will be a part of your life you should care about each other um so if you meet some person and they're like hey come over this weekend i'll initiate you not a good sign so that's kind of the basic stuff. Um, all of you can let me know in my email and on Instagram if you have some more questions about covens. That's kind of the general rundown. Um, that's kind of what I feel I'm at liberty to share. In the description of the episode, I will list um, the links to the Facebook pages for the Gardnerian Alexandrian Traditions, as well as some other ones as well. Um, I will list the link to the Mandragoria Magica website that has coven directories and I will also link my sources for this week's episode, but that's all I have for you this time. And I will see you all next week.